Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 14a and 22 through 32, first book of Peter, chapter 1, verse 3 through 9, the Gospel according to John, chapter 20, verse 19 through 31, and Psalm 16. Open our minds, warm our hearts, but also bend our wills, for we seek to hear your word. Amen. I heard it said recently that the key to happiness in life is lowering your expectations. Lower. Lower. A little lower. There you go. We tend to operate in that space a lot. A space of mundane, mediocre, where nothing can surprise us and we can't be disappointed. We've lowered our expectations for what is possible and maintain a pretty ordinary equilibrium in our everyday lives. And if we're just looking to feel happy every now and again, then this method and this mantra, they seem to work pretty well. If you want to be reasonably happy, then all you have to do is lower your expectations. I thought about that a lot this week, lowering my own expectations, And I thought, this might work for a little while. But the more and more I thought about it, the more agitated I became by it. I started to realize and feel deep within me that that really didn't sound a lot like Jesus at all. The problem is I can't forget who he was, what he was like. And I'm not really looking for a life in him that's just about feeling a little bit happy every once in a while. What I want is a revolution of life, the way Jesus taught us, a new way of being, an insatiable, indescribable exuberance that believes with my whole heart, mind, body, and soul that there is so much more to be desired than just a little bit of happiness. What Jesus taught us to look for was joy. Because happiness, though it might feel good for a little while, It doesn't usually last, and it doesn't quite get to those places of resurrection. On this low Sunday, we are given a chance to ask ourselves, are we lowering our expectations 
to meet the expectations of the world? Or are we raising our hopes to heaven, expecting that something magnificent will happen? Are we expecting the same old, same old, and life as we know it, and I mean, that's just the way it's always been? Or are we expecting something amazingly indescribable and remarkably wonderful to happen? Over the next several weeks, we are going to focus on the epistle letter from Peter. And in this letter, he addresses the reality of this sort of shallow happiness that seeks to maintain a status quo of oppression. Peter addresses a new community of believers on the power of their proclamation of resurrection, in their belief in a Savior who raises our expectations of love and community, of being and belonging, of strength and forbearance. This letter is written to a newly forming church in Asia Minor, near the time of the life of Jesus. A church primarily made up of women and enslaved peoples, who certainly were not just looking for a little bit of happiness every once in a while. They were looking for a liberating, a life-giving new reality, anchored in a joy that is not easily shaken by trials and sufferings which they endured in their society. Peter writes to them with words of encouragement. Take hope. The sufferings of this present time are perishable. But your knowledge of and insistence on a more loving way, a way of equity and justice, will carry you through all kinds of persecution. And you will be stronger for it. He writes to people about this undergirding of cynicism by those who oppress them. It'll never be different. Same old, same old. Things have always been that way. And this cynicism, he tells them, kills your spirit. What we look to as a Christian community is hope and joy. Hope being the foundation of belief in resurrection. The belief that something dead and lost and broken can live and be found healed and restored and renewed. This is not just about being the kind of people who see a glass half full. It's about pressing forward in desert places, confident that water will be there for you when you need it most. Believing in resurrection. It's about being 
countercultural, not getting swept up in the 24 hour news cycle that obsesses over destruction and violence, that promotes rightness over righteousness, and upholds a system of punitive retribution rather than restorative justice. Cynicism tells us that people will always choose their own self-interest. But hope tells us that there are those who would lay down their life for one's friends, like Jesus did. We are not talking about a shallow optimism. It's so much bigger than that. What we are talking about is a radical kind of love that insists that we be in reconciled relationship with God and neighbor. And that this sort of reconciliation is the ultimate kind of joy. And always to be the thing that we seek. Remember when we studied Paul's letter to the Romans? And, Christ, and, and Paul said to us, you need to live your whole self in Christ. You need to consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. Not a shallow optimism, but a change of life. A change of identity. Last week's celebration of Easter wasn't just a nice excuse to wear a pretty dress or eat too much chocolate. Though we did eat too much chocolate. (laughs) Easter is a proclamation of a new way of living. A way of life that insists that life is greater than death. That love is stronger than hate and that joy is far superior to these fleeting moments of happiness that remain dependent on the actions of men while ignoring the intentions of God. When I first read this letter from Peter, I thought, these words might not be for me. I'm not an enslaved person, and while I am a woman, The world has changed quite a bit since these women heard this message. But then I began to look around the landscape of our society. And now I see that a refutation of cynicism is a radically righteous act so desperately needed in our time. This message of joy and hope is not just for the early church that Peter ministered to. This message is for us. As I started to believe that, I I was reading morning prayer and I heard that, that collect for grace again in a new way. Lord God Almighty, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we might not fall into sin 
or cynicism. Nor be overcome by adversity. And in all that we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. I know that things are hard. I live in this world right alongside you. I see the news stories of gun violence piling up, the destructive legislation over women's bodies, the prison industrial complex that stays hidden and out of our sight. But if people like us don't have hope and believe that things can change, then they probably won't. Last week's celebration of Easter was meant to reorient us into being resurrection people. People filled with joy and hope in the power of believing through the Holy Spirit. I think one of the ways that we do this, that we access this joy, is really in little moments. It's about reorienting ourselves to who we are. I, I read that psalm again, um, Psalm 16, that we read together in worship today, and I thought of our funeral service in the Episcopal Church, where we read this psalm. My heart, therefore, is glad, and my spirit rejoices. My body also shall rest in hope. You will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. And in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We say this at our funeral services in the Episcopal Church. We, we tell the people, even at the grave, we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Resurrection people. And we sing hymns to remind ourselves that God is there even though we don't always feel like we can see God. That one that came to me over and over again this week, you guys know it, I'm sure. The immortal, invisible, God only wise, in light inaccessible, hid from our eyes. Oh Lord, we would render, Lord, help us to see. Tis only the splendor of light hideth thee. That actually, if we, if we look around for God, if we expect God to show up, well, we will see God. If we listen to the words of the prophet Isaiah, for your ways are higher than my ways, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts, but if you go out with joy, the prophet says, you'll be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you will burst into song and all the trees of the fields will clap their hands and instead of thorns shall come up the cypress and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. It's about looking for hope 
and expecting joy in unexpected places. It doesn't have to be huge. It can be just in small little moments. I had one myself this week uh, as we picnicked in the park and I watched my little boys lay on a picnic blanket near me and uh, little Teal, he just laid back real big and he put his, heads behind his, hand, his hands behind his head like this and just kind of looked up at the sky and listened to the birds chirping and just like, just the joy that I felt wash over all of us in that moment, that little moment. I've come to think that the key to this kind of joy is raising our expectations a little. Just a little. A little higher. A little higher. A little higher. There you go. 